everybody. Welcome to another episode of Marking Revelations. I'm your host, Chelsea, here with my co-host, Dan. Hello. How's it going? Great. I didn't have to do the intro. I loved it. <laughs> it's a win for both of us. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about our topic today. Yeah. We're- today, we're going to tackle how to market to Gen Z. I think it's incredibly important considering the buying power of this mark. I mean, hey, we're going to go through a bunch of stuff. we got to talk about who they are, why they're important, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, I think it's a really interesting generation. It sounds weird to say, but it's, it is. <laughs> Considering that neither of us are a part of it. I know. We just missed it. And we're about to psychoanalyze an entire generation. Right. But it should be fun. But let's, let's get started good. and let's just talk. When we say Gen Z, we want to level set. We want yes. to say, who are we talking about? Who we mean, are we talking about? Fill me it, in. So it it is officially by the people that make these decisions, I guess, are uh, people born in 1997 to 2012 so converting that for all the bad people at math that is ages 9 to 24 which is a really odd group to really focus in on because does a nine-year-old really know what they want (laughs) at that age (laughs) um and how is that going to change to a 24 year old who can now drink and go and live on their own very diverse all on the younger side 100 percent. it's absolutely i mean it's clearly our youngest generation that we are people are marketing too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, they are actually one of the more diverse generations from the, what I was doing and reading about it. Um, and they're really on track to also be one of, suppose, I don't know what this means, but the, one of the more well-educated generations too. I think that has to do with the amount of information available mm-hmm. and the that access to it. I mean, you think we are the last group that are not considered uh, like digital natives. So you think about I the, remember the days before cell phones right, you and can, laptops. That, and... Right. To define that, that is the the cutoff there. This generation doesn't know life without a doesn't smartphone. Doesn't know a time before technology. Doesn't that know life without wild. internet. Doesn't know any of that. I mean, for me, I was a senior when the first iPhone came out. Um, so, and I distinctly remember my friend was a, he got the first one. I was like, this is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Now I've had how many, like 20 of them in my lifetime, it feels like. I remember like. car phones and oh, like the man. first cell phones that were the mm-hmm. brick. My mom had one of those. Well, and we still, I remember those being on TV show and oh, like yeah. just seeing all of that and just, yep, now we laugh about it. Those were the days, oh, honestly. I'm sorry to anyone in Gen Z that you didn't get to experience <laughs> right. these luxuries. Right, yeah. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about who they are. The other part that I thought was super interesting is the, I forget who, where the research came from, but. Their pre-pandemic buying power, which is kind of obviously things have changed a lot, but mm-hmm. it was at $143 billion. Yeah, that is wild. That is a massive amount of money that you are potentially missing out on if you're ignoring this generation. Mm-hmm. And I think the big important part of how it what will this drive a lot of the decision making comes from that digital native yeah. element of it because they're so comfortable. Um and the part that was crazy to me, again, doing all this research on this generation is their ability to handle so much at once in the digital space. Yes. We saw a statistic that they can use up to, what was it, like four to five different digital yeah. devices at one we moment. We were having a hard time naming four to five that we could Thinking want to Thinking of use. four to five that I own. I mean, I will say I'm guilty of sitting in front of the TV having my smartphone mm-hmm. and a laptop open on my lap. For sure. But that feels like too much. That's Oh, I think it Already. absolutely is. When I do it, I'm not actually, like, I can't 
handle like i'm like they're all there but am i being productive on any of them let alone trying to have a conversation with someone right <laughs> and they're supposedly good at it not only can do it but are good at doing it that's insane that, to me. that absolutely blows my mind which but I, think, I think that speaks to the fact that if your brand is not on those devices and everywhere digitally that they are you're not going to catch their attention. Absolutely. And that goes, I mean, that's a big continuity piece yeah. is making sure that, A, they recognize your brand across all the platforms because it needs to look the same. But I totally agree. Because it's not like they have Twitter open on all three devices. They probably have Twitter here, Snapchat here, Facebook, Facebook over there, <laughs> and then whatever's on TV, like YouTube on their TV or whatever. That, yeah, it is, it is wild, which also goes to their attention span as well. Yeah. And I don't want to make it seem like that's just a Gen Z problem. We all have shrinking attention spans. Absolutely. And that is, but they've learned to live with that. <laughs> and I think they're known to have shorter attention mm -hmm. spans just given the way that they've grown up and been raised with technology and so much of it available all the mm -hmm. time. Um, I think they're known to have shorter right. attention spans. And so it's that key first three seconds. You've really got to grab their attention and think about what kind of content your brand can bring to them that will grab their attention. Yeah. I want to go back to that consistency piece that you mentioned. Um, obviously, with so much out there online, if you have four different devices and you have all different applications and websites opened up on all of them, mm -hmm. you're getting a lot of content. You're getting a lot of advertisements. Mm -hmm. You're getting a lot of search results. Talk more about how important it is to stay consistent as brand. I think, I mean, I know I've talked to you about this. I've talked to our design team. Like, it's something I really harp on. And not that we're, not because we're bad at it, because I think it's so important. You need to be able to have something that's recognizable. And you do that by driving home the same thing. You want to mm -hmm. make sure your logo, for us, we have a drop pin as our logo. We want to make sure that drop pin is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Anytime we reference Rev Local, you see that drop pin. So if you just see, our Facebook profile image as a drop pin, you go, oh, that's Rev Local. Whether you see it on a phone, a TV, or whatever. Yeah. So it's things like that that it, it's about working the subconscious, really, especially when you've got that many devices being used. Absolutely. You've got to make sure that you're, you just are, it's familiar yes. to, the, to the user. And while your content can be different from sort of channel to channel or platform to platform, it's important that it still feels like the same brand. 100%. So that they're understanding this brand has talked to me five times today mm -hmm. and not five separate brands. That Absolutely. And to that point, also making sure your content's the same in terms of con like branding wise, but then also is tailored to the platforms. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're optimizing the way platforms are built. Like Facebook is going to have different requirements than say Twitter may have or uh, Snapchat may have in terms of the way the content's supposed to look. So you want to make sure that you're keeping your brand continuity, but then also tailoring that content to each platform. And speaking of platforms, we know that Gen Z loves social media. That as we've is discussed. very true. So it feels like this is going to be a huge part of marketing to Gen Z is showing up on those platforms where they are present. I think we've passed the point where I feel pretty comfortable saying social media is not going anywhere. Nope. I think it's just part <laughs> of our life now until it changes into something else. And what I found so interesting looking about this is it's actually become the primary source of buying for a lot of Gen Z. Mm -hmm. It's not, I slowly have adopted the idea of buying things off of an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad or something like that. I'm not really on the Facebook as much, but it's really interesting that not only do they do it, that's the way they prefer to do it. Whereas I think it was us millennials would prefer to Google it and do our Go research that way. Yeah. They would rather it be served to them based off of the algorithm. Yeah. 
So it's super important to find, make sure that that's where you're at if you can be. Obviously not all businesses are e-commerce, but even service industries, get in front of your customers. Your brand awareness. Absolutely. That's critical too. This is where they're living. I mean, what's the stat here? 70 or 97% of Gen Z customers say social media is their top source of shopping inspiration. That makes total sense to me, even just in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. My personal, I'm not Gen Z, but my personal favorite way to shop is influencer shopping. Mm -hmm. Which I'm completely foreign on. I don't know anything about influencers. You got to get on this trend. Maybe. Maybe I'll become one who knows. Doubtful. but (laughs) It takes all the work out of knowing the trends and knowing what's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just follow a couple of trusted influencers and they basically post, you know, from home products to fashion stuff to beauty stuff. They're telling me what's good. They're giving me discount codes. They're linking me directly to the item. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get rewards in turn from the brands for speaking about their products and getting the name out there. So I think that's that influencing mm-hmm. power is huge right now. And I know a lot of brands are reaching out to influencers. I think that's a hard, I mean, yes, I, I absolutely see that. And through the little social media that I do, but even just again, doing not to keep going back to research, but just the idea this hat, I just want to throw these numbers out. The hashtag TikTok made me buy it, which I barely understand <laughs> as a hashtag. Uh, 2.3 billion views. That's insane. That is insane. To me. There like, are so many TikTok videos right now of like people will do like try on hauls and try on a bunch of different outfits or mm-hmm. um, a huge one that I'm enjoying is organizing. Mm-hmm. People will go in and organize their fridge and make it so sure. beautiful. And then, of course, link all of those items yeah, that naturally. they use. And then you got TikTok made me buy it. Right. It makes total sense. I know, and the same along the same vein, the Amazon finds $6.7 billion. Like, I'm, I'm blown away by that number as yeah. well. It is kind of interesting to me when I first started looking into influencer shopping, it was a lot of boutiques, I felt, but now I'm noticing brands like Amazon, Mm -hmm. Walmart's doing it now, all these huge mega brands are now going to influencer shopping, which I think speaks to how big of a vehicle it is right now. And I think part of what, I know when we say influencer, that might be a little intimidating for the small business owner to think like, well, how am I going to talk to an influencer? Mm -hmm. I think you look at it from a different perspective of why are influencers so popular and i think it's because they seem like real people (laughs) it's it's a live endorsement of a product um so what does that mean for a small business owner it's means authenticity is going to be the key Mm -hmm. that's what gen z is a huge believer in authenticity and they want to see the real life stories of people either using their products buying their products giving a run through of it they don't care about it being a polished ad like in the past. Yes. They don't want a manufactured message about how great this product is. They want a real person who really tried it on or used it or set it up in their home telling them, here's the good things about it. Here's the honest bad things about it so that they can get that kind of genuine information before they buy. Absolutely. And I think it's for me personally, I know it's been a years, many years of transitions to just accept yes you can use your phone to make a video (laughs) it is it's okay and i think there's a big place for it on social media i mean think if you're a restaurant owner and have your chef do a a special of the day video and just break down here's what i do to make it that's a behind the curtain peek Mm -hmm. they're gonna see the authentic they know that it's not a frozen patty or whatever (laughs) like you know they're gonna see how these things are made and you're gonna draw people in that way and I think part of another interesting piece of this is they're going to, they want the real stories, but they're also willing to pay more 
for that authenticity. Yes. They want to find brands that align with the way that they feel. So whereas before it may have been taboo maybe to put yourself out there as a business owner of what you're believing Believe and but, what you support. Right. As long as you're respectful about it for the most part, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be okay and Gen Z is gonna gravitate towards those authenticities off towards that authenticity and those stories. And I think a good example of that um, that I read about was Tom's, the shoe brand. Mm -hmm. That gained so much popularity because of what the company stood for. It was really humanitarian cause Mm -hmm. for every pair of shoes you bought. One was donated to a child in need. Absolutely. Um, And I think that just shows how important sort of that social responsibility is to Mm -hmm. Gen Z. And again, like that doesn't have to, on a local scale, what's the local community center? What's the local charity that you can work with and put time into? What's important to you in terms of your community? Uh, the Gen Z wants to see their, they want to see community. That's really what it, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to be such a big social media generation, but then to still have this different connection and value in a a real life community. Yeah. It does feel like at the end of the day, Gen Z is all about connection. Uh, That's no matter how you put it. Yep. (laughs) That is the word. (laughs) (laughs) Want to be connected at all times, intimately connected to their brands, connected to their friends to figure out how to use different products and brands. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Connectivity is key. For sure. I think that covers a lot of our Gen Z stuff. I think, again, like we said at the top, don't ignore them. Yeah. It's not, I they're mean, important. They're, they're up and coming. <laughs> they're the newest gen. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be around. So they're, you, they're our future, basically. Uh, I mean, literally, yes. Time to start thinking about them. <laughs> absolutely. So I think with that, we are going to pivot to our next segment. What's the point? What is the point? <laughs> This month's What's the Point? Uh, we didn't really have a specific brand that was doing anything egregious or revolutionary that we thought we needed to see, <laughs> but we saw a ton of collaboration between bigger brands. And we thought that might be something, again, we don't want small business owners to kind of dismiss these things that bigger brands do. Mm-hmm. I really believe that you can really parse down at the core of their goals and what they're trying to do and apply them to these small businesses. So with that, I know we've been talking about it, brainstorming. How do you see local businesses collaborating within with each other? I think there's a huge opportunity there um, with brands that maybe don't connect one-to-one on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Having an opportunity to sort of support each other. Um, maybe brand A could get a benefit from brand B's customers that are stopping by. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a good way to get your brand out there. Absolutely. And just some examples like we had talked about. Maybe you host an event that if you're in retail, like you have a small shop or whatever and post an event and then have the food come from another local vendor and Mm -hmm. then have them post about it on their social media channels you post about it on your social media channels and that right there alone you're expanding your your brand reach yep Uh, that food truck is now using your brand within their post and maybe some of their audience doesn't know you exist and now they do Mm -hmm. because they've seen that post and the reverse as well fans of the boutique absolutely get to be introduced to the new food truck right it's a, it's a win-win really and i understand it's a little bit of planning that goes into it and maybe it's not an event maybe it's a partnership of hey we now sell this part mm-hmm. in the, or whatever or um we're offering discounts if you show that you did x at this brand or something like that um and i think a big part of it's also maybe even teaming up with the local charities like we kind of just talked about which mm-hmm. is a big part to the gen z side yeah taking that opportunity to do good in your community team up with a local charity you know, a percentage of all of our sales this weekend go to XYZ charity, mm-hmm. that kind of thing will resonate a lot with your customers. Absolutely. And make sure when you do that, if you do that, 
pick something you're actually passionate about. Don't just pick a charity just to sake of picking a charity. Yeah. You want to there that's gonna people will be able to see through that. <laughs> it won't it'll be pretty superficial. Yes. Lots so, of benefits to that collaboration. Absolutely. So definitely go out there, try and find that. And then I think for our last bit, Chelsea, I did prepare a game. It's been a little bit um since we did this, but I thought it was a perfect opportunity. You know I love games. We're talking Gen Z. Okay. So I've put together a list of companies that if they were people would be a member of gen z so these companies are anywhere from 9 to 24 years old okay they are well known um so i'm going to give you some options you're going to pick one and i'm going to read you a short description and it's your job to see if you can name that brand based off of my description and you're describing the person the company brand or whatever we want to call it that were, i'm going to describe to you the brand and you're going to try and guess the brand based off of the description that i give okay and you can interrupt me at any point that you think you've got that it figured out it. okay all right so okay. i've got it broken down into five categories okay and each category has at least three options that you're going to choose from okay all right so our first category is entertainment okay you have options a b and c i'm gonna go c c okay founded in 2000 this brand became one of the largest, if not the largest, consumer exchange platform. Starting with sports and quickly expanding into music and other events around the world, this brand was purchased by eBay in 2007, and as of 2015, the site was visited by 16 million unique visitors every month. I literally have no idea. This, also, this brand also took a big hit during the pandemic because of where, what it does. That's maybe a last clue. I don't know. That would be StubHub, founded in twenty twenty or founded in the year two thousand. It is a major part of the ticketing world. Makes sense. So, other ones in that group were Netflix, born in ninety seven, and YouTube, born in oh five. I think Shoot. what was interesting was uh, interesting thing. Netflix. <laughs> that was a. I might have gotten that one. <laughs> but YouTube was it wasn't originally a Google thing. Yes, That's, I, think, I knew a, that. A lot of people forget that, mm -hmm. and the part that was so crazy to me, it only was around for just under two years before Google purchased it for $1.6 billion with that a B. Be, that could be us. I, keep dreaming. <laughs> I think we're a bit away uh, from that. Okay. So this next one might be more your wheelhouse. Okay. Okay. It's retail. Let's do it. Um, you've got A, B, C, and D. Oh my gosh. Let's do B. Okay. This online retailer was founded in 1997 focused on apparel, specifically shoes. This company saw rapid growth and in 2008 reported $1 billion in sales with around 80% of that revenue coming from shoes. One year later, they would be acquired by Amazon for $1.2 billion in an all-stock deal. This company has made numerous appearances in the Fortune 500 magazine 100 Best Companies to Work For. Acquired by Amazon is really throwing me off. Where were you before that? I was at Steve Madden. Okay. Because that's like a 90s shoe brand and it was hot, still is hot. Um, but I don't think they've been acquired by Amazon. And I don't know what shoe company has been. <laughs> think of it as a brand. It's a retailer. So it's not necessarily the shoe brand. It's a retailer. So they're, they're more they're a distributor of the apparel. I have no idea. I'm just going to say Payless. 
Zappos. Okay. <laughs> have you heard of Zappos, please? No. You haven't heard? You've never bought on Zappos? No, oh, have man. you? Yes. I bought so many what? shoes on Zappos. Back okay, in college, when I had like shoes right. for every outfit, I would always get them on Zappos. Wow. Yeah. Your other Dan, options. You're so fashionable. Uh, that's the first time Your that's ever been said. Of the trend. Your other options were overstock.com was A. That was born in 1999. Uh, Can't say I would have gotten that either. Chewy. Dot com would not have gotten that one. And I'm not a pet owner at the moment, so Correct. that's the hard Want part there. Um, the last one, Hollister. Oh, dang it. Yeah. I probably could have yeah, gotten that one. The part that I found super interesting about Hollister is, so obviously founded in, well, obvious to us, founded in Columbus yes. in the year 2000. But if you go to their website, they have a fictional backstory dating back to 1922. Is it centered around California? Yeah, so it's a surfer. For those that don't know, it's like a surfer lifestyle brand owned by Abercrombie and Fitch. But uh, yeah, the fact that they made up a backstory about some, their fake owner from 1922 cracks me up. That's very Especially interesting. Especially knowing that it, they say it came from California or whatever, but nope. From right here in Columbus, <laughs> landlocked. That's right. Haven't seen a beach ever. <laughs> um, all right. Next category, we have travel and transportation. You have okay. A, B, and C. I'll do A this time. Okay. This brand, founded in 1997, faced immediate branding issues, facing two trademark disputes, forcing them to change their name to what we know today only months after founding itself. Focused on short flights across the West Coast, it filed for bankruptcy in the year 2000. This low-cost airline did not give up, now offering their low-amenity flights into smaller secondary airports around the country. Can you rephrase the part about changing their name? Why did they do that? They were sued twice. They had two companies that claimed copyright infringements on their original name. Gosh, I don't know. Which I'm was, ori- originally it was WestJet Express. Originally? Yes. Now, I will tell you, don't pay attention to that at all. It is nothing <laughs> like that to. anymore. It is- okay. <laughs> 2000s airlines. That no, says 97. <laughs> so this is like airlines. as old as a Gen Z or could be. I feel like all the low cost airlines are relatively new, but that must just At, be. My I perception. was very surprised by that. Too. Well, so they are new to us here. So we just got this airline in uh, coming to Columbus, but for them, they were doing flights in Western um, United States forever. Okay. Ever. I'm going to say Breeze because that is brand new to Columbus. <laughs> Allegiant Air. Oh, that feels that, – I feel like that was born yesterday. I know. Truly. I know. It, that's, I was very surprised to see that from 97. Also, I don't think that's like super new to Columbus. In the last couple of years. Fair enough. But, yeah, I just love the fact <laughs> that they got – picked a name, couldn't use Didn't it. Didn't work out. They had a Canadian company and an American company suing them over wow. their names. That was really entertaining. The other one was JetBlue was your option for B, and Segway was your option for C, Mm, which still exists, surprisingly. All right, on to our next category. Uh, Unfortunately, this is just miscellaneous. I did not have a a way to really tie these together, but looking at them, they're all internet things. So uh, A, B, or C? I'm going to go A. A? Okay. This brand founded in 2004 changed how users choose where to go. Focused on generating user reviews for individual locations, it now hosts over 206 million user-generated reviews. Yelp. Correct. Woo! She got it. Give well me B. done. You want B? I want B. Okay. I need to redeem myself. <laughs> Just trying to get all the bonus points you can. This real estate brand, founded in 2004, was created to be a real estate search engine aggregator, listing from many different agents 
changing how we look for homes. Zillow. Correct. Yes. Do you want C just to see if you can get the whole category? Might as well. Okay. Founded in 2009, this brand looked to change the way that we split bills with our friends. Venmo. Correct. Ah! She got all three. Finally. Okay. Well, we got another category, so we're not quite, <laughs> it's not a full victory yet. Okay. This last one is just health. Okay. And then we have two options for you. So A or B? A. Okay. Founded in 2010, this boutique fitness studio offers group classes using high-intensity interval training. This brand has been ranked in the Inc. 500 and Entrepreneur Magazine franchise 500, topping at t- number 25. From its humble beginnings in Boca Raton, Florida, it now has mm. over 1,200 locations around the world and that over 1 me. million members. Is that Soul Cycle? It is not Soul Cycle. Oh shoot! It is Orange Theory. I was gonna. I was thinking CrossFit or mm-hmm. Orange Theory, but then you said Boca Raton, and mm. I went to Soul yeah. Cycle. Orange. Do you want the very, very last one just sure. for fun? Sure. Okay. This exercise equipment and media brand was founded in 2012. They offer their monthly subscribers the chance to ver- the chance to join classes virtually with a variety of instructors. This brand peaked popularity during the pandemic as gyms began to close and Peloton. people need. There it is. Woo! Very they're well from done. 2012. I, I know. honestly would have guessed founded in 2019. No, yeah, they're absolutely. They've been. I was surprised by that too. Wow. They also had like three different products. I feel like this speaks time. to the fact that it can take some time. Absolutely. To get your business to the top. For sure. I mean, especially for us that are. I mean, we pay attention to this stuff too. So like, it's very surprising for me specifically to see some of these brands that were that old. Like Very Zillow in 2004, that's before Google Maps really took off. Yeah, that's crazy. Like it's yeah, Yelp also was obviously a big. Con- Yelp almost bought by Google at one point. They just couldn't reach an agreement. Thought that was really interesting. Wow. Well. So good work. I'm glad we ended on a high note. Absolutely, you, you crushed it the last ones. So. <laughs> I think that ends it for the show. Chelsea, are you doing the ending as well as the intro? Why not? Go for it. Do you remember what we have to talk about? Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. We will see you next time. Well, you got to tell them where to go to watch and listen to us. We're on YouTube. Really we're on, we're on uh, what, Spotify, Apple. We're everywhere. We are. We're we've, in your closet. We've done a pretty good job getting everywhere at this point. Um, so yeah, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, all of those things, and your favorite, email us. Send us emails. We do enjoy getting our fan emails and answering your questions. So with that, we will see you next time. Bye, guys.